Okay. Well, I am going to be talking about authority today. God's authority in us. And that the church needs to be exercising that authority. And the church isn't doing that. For several reasons, the church a lot of times doesn't know that they have been given authority in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. <clears throat> and if they know it, they don't know how to put it to work or they don't put it to work, you know, in their lives or in, in, in prayer or whatever. But we have the authority and we need to exercise that. How many of you know we have an enemy that doesn't want us preaching the gospel? Amen. Yeah, we have, we have a devil that wants to run around looking for somebody to devour. And so we use our authority against him. And so he'll do everything he can to get you not to do that. So we're going to look at Genesis 1. I've got, you know me, a lot of scripture verses. And we'll start with Genesis 1 and um, go from there. Genesis 1, basically, I want you to see that 1 verse 26 Verse 26 to 28, if you're taking notes. Genesis 1 through 26 to 28. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let them rule. Let them rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth and God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Verse 28. And God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth, and subdue it. Subdue it means overcome it. Be subject. We're supposed to overcome. We're supposed to be the overcomers, remember? So God, God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it and rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So we were commissioned to do that right from day one. You know, God wanted us to, to fellowship with him. He set us up to fellowship with him and to rule and reign right here. But then the enemy came in, the devil came in and stole it away from Adam. And, and then it took Jesus to come back and steal it back. <laughs> and he gave it to us. He gave us, and we're supposed to rule and reign here. We're not supposed to just to have a, uh, a pity party or sit down and have a, a um, well, wring our hands, I guess. We're not supposed to wring our hands. We're not supposed to be concerned and careful about things. We're supposed to cast the care on the Lord, and we're not. We're not to not use our authority. We're supposed to use our authority because he gave it to us to rule and reign here. Yes, he Say, I'm going to, I'm going to rule and reign, rule and reign. In, my home, in my home, in my town, in my, town. In my, state, in my state, in my nation. In my nation. Jesus, is Lord. Jesus is Lord. I'm going to use, I'm going to use my, authority my authority to bring his kingdom come, bring his kingdom come on, earth on earth as it is in heaven. Is in heaven. Amen. Amen. So I want to go to, um, oh, let's see. Let's look at, hmm, there's just so many good scripture verses here. Um, I think let's go to 1 Samuel. I want to go to 1 Samuel. And I want to talk about, 
David a little bit, and I want to see. I want you to see the authority he used on Goliath, and and he didn't have. I mean, all he had was. I I think he was anointed at that time, but you know, in the Old Testament, it was just the prophets, the priests, and and um, the kings that were anointed in the Old Testament, and so Samuel. Um, didn't have what we have available to us here. We have, when we speak the word and we command the devil to go, we have all of heaven behind us backing us. We have all of heaven. The Godhead in his fullness, when we'll look at that scripture verse in a minute, is backing the words that we speak. The thing that we have to remember to do is speak the words in line with the, God's word. We have to speak those words. No. Okay, First Samuel, we're going to go to uh, 17, chapter 17. And we're not going to read the whole thing about David and Goliath. We're just going to read the part where David is talking to Goliath. First uh, Samuel 17, verse 45. Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword, a spear, a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have taunted. This day the Lord will deliver you up into my hands, and I will strike you down and remove your head from you. And I will give, I will give the dead bodies of the army of the Philistines this day to the birds of the sky and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. And that all this assembly may know that the Lord does not deliver by sword or by spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. Then it happened when the Philistine rose and came down and drew near to meet David, that David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet the Philistine. Verse 49, And David put his hand into his bag and took from it a stone and slung it and struck the Philistine on his head. And the stone sank into his forehead so that he fell on his face to the ground. Thus David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone, and he struck the Philistine and killed him. But there was no sword in David's hand, so he used the glass sword to cut his head off. But look at, look at, he knew who was backing him up and what he was doing. He was there to, to stand against Goliath. But he knew God, was, God had the battle. God had the victory already. All he had to do was do what he was supposed to be, do and what he was told to do. He had the victory. But I want you to see, he wasn't going to back down. His words were full of victory. His words were full of encouragement. And I can do this because God is with me. God is behind me. God is backing me up and I can do this. And that's the same thing we as the church and we as the believers should have we should have that same attitude and that same tenacity that when the devil is tormenting your sister or your brother or your child in jesus name you have to go in the name of jesus and all of heaven is going to go and deal with that amen Amen. it's going god's going to back you up as long as you're you're standing in your authority now sometimes we i gotta slow down i'm going so fast here (laughs) my words anyway i gotta slow down we we a lot of times when we pray we stand in prayer for somebody we stand against the enemy or if we lay hands on somebody or if we just command something to go in jesus name a lot of times what happens if we don't see it immediately like when you drive through mcdonald's your hamburger is right there for you if we don't see it immediately then then 
we start doubting. And, and we don't, well, it's not going to happen. Or, uh, nope, I, well, I, I must have done something wrong. Oh, God's not God. God didn't really do that. Or, you know, we, get, we, start, we start thinking negatively and against what God has said, and then we speak it out. And before we know it, we're back in the same spot we were before. But we have, we have, um, uh, we should have the same attitude that David had when he dealt with Goliath. And we have more weapons, we have more ability, we have the help of the Holy Spirit, the power behind us. We have been given authority because Jesus paid the price. And he says, I gotta go, but I'm gonna give you authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. So, Let's look at Colossians. So tie that in with David. This is in New Testament Colossians 3. And I really like this. I really like this because it makes it real clear what we have been given and what has been done and that we can stand in his stead. And I'm going to have to read some of this out of Amplified. And I'm not following my notes at all here, but <laughs> which is always makes it fun because then I never know where I'm at on my notes when I go back to them. Anyway, Colossians 3 is what we're going to look at. Chapter 3, verse 15 first. This is talking about what Jesus did on the cross when he had disarmed the rulers and authorities. We're talking about the principalities, the rulers, the, the things in, in high places, the wickedness that it describes in Ephesians 6. He made a public display. Jesus made a public display of them, having triumphed over them, through him. He did that on the cross. Now to look at the cross and what happened on the cross, it looks like Jesus was the one defeated, but it wasn't. It was all the plan of God to, to bring about the victory for us as the church. Amen? Amen? So he triumphed over all demonic influences. He stripped them of their power. They have no power except what we give them. If we get fearful about a situation, we just as well have handed the power over to them. We, we can't be fearful about it. Amen? Now, if you back up there, I'm going to read this out of the Amplified. This is in, still in Colossians. And I'm going back up to verse, um, I think it's uh, uh, verse 10. And having clothed yourself with the new spiritual self, which is ever in the process of being renewed, and remolded into fuller and more perfect knowledge, upon knowledge after the image, the likeness of him who created it. In this new creation, all distinctions vanish. There is no room, I'll see. Hmm. That isn't right, guys, I'm sorry. Oh, it's two, 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 two. Chapter two, chapter two, verse nine, verse nine. For in him, the whole fullness of deity, in him, in Christ. So when you get born again, you step into that in Christ position. You are in Christ at that point in time. That's, and so then, in, for in him, in Christ, the whole fullness of deity, the Godhead, continues to dwell in bodily form, giving complete expression of the divine nature. So in Christ, the Godhead, is resident, okay? So now, in verse 10, and you are in him, we are in him. So if we're in him, the Godhead in all of its fullness is in us, amen? amen? So, and you are in him, made full and have come to fullness of life. In Christ, you too are filled with the Godhead. 
Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and reach full spiritual stature, and he is the head of all rule and authority of every angelic principality and power. So I, wanted to be, I, wanted, I like how that reads in the Amplified, although if you read it in the King James or any other Bible, you could still look it up and study it out in the concordance, and you would see that it is still talking about the Godhead in God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. In their fullness dwells within us. Amen? So knowing that, when we know that, we have authority and power to stomp the devil out good, don't we? We do. We do. And, and so <clears throat> when, when a sickness tries to come upon you or a cold or whatever, in Jesus' name, I break the power of that. By Jesus' stripes, I was healed and made whole. I command it to go in Jesus' name. Now, you don't pray and ask the Father to heal you. You command it to go because he's already done it in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen? Okay, so that's dealing with yourself and dealing with somebody else. And if you're going to pray for somebody, I do the same thing. In Jesus' name, I break the power of that sickness and disease off of that person, whatever it is, I, you know, I, I name it. And I thank you, Father, that by Jesus' stripes, that person is healed. I command the healing virtue to flow into them right now in Jesus' name or to manifest in their bodies in Jesus' name. Amen? And so, so we have that authority. We don't have to ask the Lord for it, but we command it to manifest on them in Jesus' name. Okay? Is that clear? Okay. Because it's already been done in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. The same with casting out a devil. That's already been done. It's been paid for on the cross. Jesus was nailed to the cross for that to be done. He was nailed to the cross for fear to go in Jesus' name. He was nailed to the cross for poverty to go in Jesus' name. All demonic influences have no right, no right, if you're in Christ. They have no right. Amen? Okay, they have no right. All right, so, so I want you to see in Luke 4, Luke 4, um, this was, I was, as I was looking at this, this, is, this was Jesus' job description, if you want to put it like that. He got up and he said this is, well, after he said this, so let's read it first, Luke 4, 18. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set free those who are downtrodden, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. Well, I had the Lord say something to me right there. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Well, he came to preach the gospel to everybody. The poor there means that they, they don't know who Jesus is. They were poor in spirit. You see what I mean? Okay, and so, and he sent me to proclaim release to the captives or to set the captives free and recovery of sight to the blind so that their eyes are opened up to see the truth of the gospel and and to set free those who are downtrodden to proclaim the favorable year year of the Lord. (laughs) Slow down again. Proclaim the favorable year of the Lord, which is what Jesus did on the cross. Amen? So now, let's go to Mark Mark 16. This is our job description. <laughs> Mark 16:15. 15. 
We're to go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. He who has believed and has been baptized shall be saved, but he who has disbelieved shall be condemned. Verse 17, and these signs will accompany those who have believed. In my name they will cast out demons. And that's not a scary thing. I just need to tell you it's not a scary thing. Especially when you know they have no power. Especially when you know you have all the power. <laughs> Especially when you know they have been defeated and stripped of their power. Especially when you know all of heaven is behind you the minute you speak the word. You're standing in Jesus' place as if he was still here. See, he had to go because he was one person and he couldn't do it all. He had to go so that all of us that are born again, walk in the newness of life, uh, the Holy Spirit, the power, we can stand in Jesus' place and do the same thing he did when he was here. And that's what we're supposed to be doing, the same thing he did. So... <clears throat> And if you go back and study, and maybe we'll do this a little bit more down the road, but if you go back and look at, at, at what Jesus did, he would, he would speak the word and command them to go. He would speak the word. He'd just speak the word. <clears throat> um, I wasn't necessarily going to have us turn to the centurion, but I will tell you where that's at. That's in Matthew 8, verse 9. The centurion is one of my favorite places uh, that I like about him. that he was a man under authority and he had men over him and he knew exactly what authority meant. And when he came to Jesus, he said, my servant is sick. And he said, but I'm not worthy for you to come into my house. Jesus was gonna go heal him, lay hands on him and heal him. He says, I'm not worthy. I, I'm, I too am a man under authority, so I understand authority. So just speak the word and it will be done. Just speak the word and it will be done. Isn't that amazing? And, and Jesus marveled at what great faith he had. <clears throat> he said, just speak the word. And so Jesus spoke the word and it was done. It was done. He was, that servant was healed that very minute he spoke the word. So anyway, our, back here to verse 16, Mark 16. He who has believed and has been baptized shall be saved, but he who has disbelieved shall be condemned <clears throat> excuse me, and these signs will accompany those who have believed. In my name, they will cast out demons. And like I said, it's not anything to be afraid of. I've experienced a num number of things like that, and it's not anything to be afraid of. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will pick up serpents, and if they drink any deadly poison, it shall not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. You know, <clears throat> if you look in your word, you'll see that Jesus never told when he sent them out by two and then by seven, or sent out the 12 and then 70, he never said, go pray for the sick. He said, go heal the sick. Go heal the sick. And that is our job description. We're supposed to go heal the sick. Not have any doubt in our thinking. That's why... That's why if you've been around here long enough, you'll know that <clears throat> we talk about um, fasting, praying in the spirit, reading your word and worship. All those things mortify the flesh so that the spirit man is in ascendancy and he is able to do what God instructs him to do. Um, we, give, we, 
we are so, the church is so run by the flesh anymore. The church um, is, is motivated by the flesh. You know, they, they don't believe in healing or they think it's passed away or um, they think it's God's will in some churches for you to carry a sickness and a disease. And so <clears throat> we have to understand that by his stripes, we are healed. And that when we go lay hands on the sick or when we speak the word, we have to know that when we speak that word, that person is healed. When we lay hands on them, that person is healed. We have to know that. We can't have any doubt. It doesn't matter what you're looking at. If you're going to walk up to somebody that's already dead, and, no, I mean, you, you better have the Lord's leading on that, but it, you have to not look at that circumstance. You have to have enough faith that if God's told you to raise that person from the dead, that's what you do. You can't doubt. That's not the time to doubt anymore. Amen? You can't doubt about that. It won't happen. You can't doubt about... Um, if, if I've ministered to um, a lady a long time ago. She was in final stages of cancer and her belly was bloated and she was yellow. And <clears throat> I, remember, I remember thinking, oh, okay. But I was in a place where I wasn't really... I, I sensed the anointing when I prayed for her. I knew the Lord was there. But, but um, um, I talked to her one more time after that on the phone but she still went home to be with the Lord. But in this hour that we're coming into, we have to be ready to pray for people like that and they're healed. Doesn't matter what they look like. Doesn't matter how close to death they are. <clears throat> we have to be ready to pray for them and heal them and raise them up out of, off of their deathbed. Amen? Okay, so... so um, we read Jesus' job description and our job description. And so let's look at um, just another, another scripture verse, Mark 11. Mark 11, 22. You're probably some of you, if you're familiar with the scripture verse, you'll know where I'm going. Mark 11, 22. Have faith in God. Again, <clears throat> tying this into the fact that um, we can speak to the mountain. Well, let's just read the scripture verse. Have faith in God. Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says is going to happen, it shall be granted to him. <clears throat> sorry, I am so sorry about that, guys. <laughs> that was a nice little interlude. <laughs> <coughs> okay, so it says, have faith in God. <laughs> Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says is going to happen, it shall be granted him. Again, again, not doubting in the heart. And you can tell if there's doubt there when you, you know, like I was just telling you about the lady, you know, you, if you look at the circumstance, you see her healed and whole, not bloated belly. You see what I'm saying? You see that person healed and whole, and you don't want to doubt, and you sure don't want to speak about it, you know, at all. And so if there's doubt there, it's time to mortify the flesh a little bit more because 
You, you got to deal with that. Otherwise, doubt's going to run you. And when you lay hands on the sick, that person, it won't happen. It won't happen. Faith has to be there. Amen? Okay. So truly I say to whoever says to this mountain, that means you got to speak to the mountain. You have to speak to the mountain. Be taken up and cast into the sea and not doubt in your heart. What happens? But believes in what he says, it will happen. It will be granted to you. Amen? It will be granted to you. Um, let's see here. Let's look at Ephesians now. Um, again, these scripture verses <coughs> are all designed to encourage you to walk um, walk the way Jesus walked, knowing that the devil is defeated. And we're going to look at another scripture verse um, that way. Ephesians 1, 20. Uh, Ephesians 1, 20. Ephesians 1, 20. Which he brought about in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in heavenly places. Who deceited his right hand? Christ. Okay, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. Far above all rule and authority. Jesus is the name that's above every name, it says in Philippians. And so far above, and then verse 22, and he put all things in subjection under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Okay, so we are raised up. Jesus is the head. We're raised up to sit together with him in heavenly places. Go ahead and look on down in chapter 2, right, right behind it. Verse 6, and raised us up with him. He's raised us up with him and seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ. It's in the in Christ position. That's where you're seated spiritually. Your flesh is here, but that you're seated in Christ in heavenly places. And so everything is under your feet. You see that? We are the church. We're, everything has been put under his feet in verse 1. So if we're seated with him in heavenly places, then everything is under our feet as well. You see that? You see that? Everybody see that? Under our feet as well, okay? So if you just picture this, you're seated with him in heavenly places. Every circumstance that you deal with, Every person you pray for that, is, that has a sickness or a disease, every devil that you cast out, you see yourself far above, and they are under your feet. You see yourself far above, and they are under your feet. The name of Jesus is above every name. You see yourself seated in heavenly places, and that devil or that sickness and disease is under your feet. Amen? It's under your feet. And Luke 10, let's, or, yeah, let's look at Luke 10. Um, we, I've mentioned this before, but I want you to see it. Luke 10, 19. Behold, I have given you authority to tread upon serpents. He had just sent out 70, and they returned back, and they were all excited about what they had done. They said, Lord, even the, <clears throat> the demons are subject to us in your name. In your name, okay? 
And he said to them, I was watching Jesus saying, I was watching Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Verse 19, behold, I have given you authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall injure you. He's given us authority. Some translations say power. I don't know if you have one that says power. But power and authority are the same um, um, Greek number, 1849, I think it is, uh, are the same Greek number. They mean the same. They just interchange power and authority, okay? Same thing. I have given you uh, power. I have given you authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall injure you. Um, that power, the second time, is a different power. Okay, and so I want you to see that. <clears throat> and then, um, and there's several places where he gave power and authority. Right there was one of them where he gave it to the 70. And, and I talked about how he gave them to, um, um, over the, he gave it to the 12 and they went out. And, um, but I, I want to give you some examples, you know, of using your, your authority. And some things that I come across as I was studying this, you know, when you speak or command a demonic influence to go, you can use this picture. Smith Wigglesworth was talking one time and or sharing that I read about, and he was he was uh, sharing that this lady had come out of her house to go somewhere, and her dog had followed her out of the house, and she was saying, "Go back, go back, go back." And the dog just kept <clears throat> hanging there and rubbing his legs. You know how animals do, rubbing his legs. She said, no, now you got to go back. you got to go back. Rubbing her legs some more. Finally, she said, her, her bus or something arrived. Finally, she turned around. She said, go. And she said, go. You know what I mean? She told that. And that dog just scooted just like that. Well, that's what we have to do. We can't pet the devil. We can't pet him. It's okay. You can be here for five more minutes, you know. You can't, you can't do that. You have to get after him and tell him to go in Jesus' name. Same with a, I don't know how many of you grew up on the farm, but you know, I've used this example before, but being around pigs, they love the mud, they love the yuck, and they love the, the oink-oink business. And, and so if you, would, if you let that, if that pig got into your house, are you going to go, shoo, shoo? You don't drive a pig like that, let me tell you. They won't, they just hardly drive anyway. You gotta get after them with a board and a stick. Go, you know, get them out, you know. And so you have to do that with the devil. You have to do that. Same with a policeman. You know, he's been given authority from the, those that are in a position of authority. He's been given authority. So if he comes out in the street of traffic and he goes like this, <laughs> They're supposed to stop, right? <laughs> They're supposed to stop. Well, he has that authority that God given, not God given authority, but authority from officials. And so we have that authority, and the devil is supposed to stop. Amen? Yes. The devil is supposed to stop. He's supposed to stop what he's doing. He's supposed to go and get out. Amen? Amen. And so I want you to, I want you to be uh, encouraged that way that he's supposed to go. So the church needs to exercise their authority. The church has been, has been letting the devil have his way too long. And the church needs to rise up in this hour especially and use their authority and put him under our feet. 
where he belongs. He doesn't belong running, <clears throat> running the church around for one, but running, running the world. We are to rule and reign here. We have been given the authority to rule and reign here in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Some of the things that we see going on now is because the church has permitted it to happen. And um, the church is going to have to stop it. The church has to, I mean, we're going to have to take ground, and I, I, I don't know how revival is going to manifest. I, there was something the other night that I felt like the Lord showed me, but it's probably for me to know. <laughs> but, but I think, you know, I, I just really think that the church has to wake up. The church. The church has to wake up in this hour. And... And in waking up, they're going to realize they don't know what the word says in some of these areas. Because it's the church's job to do what Jesus was here to do. It's the church's job to do that. And uh, it's, that's, the, that's the most important thing. That's why you're here. You're, not, you're, not, you're a citizen in heaven, a citizen from heaven. You're an alien here to do a job for the Lord. Yeah. To do a job for the Lord. Now, I'm, I know, I understand we have families and we have children to deal with. I understand all that. But, but we're here. We're here to rule and reign and to do what God has instructed each one of us to do, to do our calling, to find out what our calling is and to do it. And not just sit by and wait for the end to come. I think a lot of the church is waiting for the end to come and um, they're supposed to be occupying and they spend too much time looking for the end, trying to figure out what's next, what's next. And they're not occupying. And they need to occupy, the word says, to occupy till I come. And do what, do what I've instructed you to do. And he said to go into all the world, preach the gospel, lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Cast out devils, speak with new tongues. And if anybody drinks anything deadly or picks up a serpent, you're healed. <laughs> Amen? <laughs> you're healed. So um, God is good. Amen? Amen. And um, um, I believe that's what I have for today. I hope you learned something or was encouraged and um, edified. That was my desire, to encourage you to not be afraid of the devil, but to use your authority. And it doesn't make any difference where the person is you're using authority on. You know, if you hear something going on with somebody, like I'll just use Linda here as an example. You know, if she calls me up on the phone, I could pray for her over the phone. But if I, if I know she's resisting something or sick, I, I can command it to go in Jesus' name, break its power, and, 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 and thank, thank the Lord for healing, manifesting in her body. And so we can be doing those things. Start exercising the authority that God has given you. Amen? Amen. Father, we just thank you for your word that's alive and active and sharper than a two-edged sword, that, Father, you bring understanding and enlightenment and encouragement to the ears of the hearer. We thank you, Father, for your will being done, your kingdom coming on this earth as it is in heaven. We want to be vessels of honor and used, used by you, Father, especially in, in these last days to bring about revival, to bring about healing, deliverance, and hope to those that are in bondage. We just thank you, Father, for your word, and we give you all the praise and the glory. And everybody said, amen. Amen. amen.